You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Hey, this is Dick from Lone Star Community Radio. We have a big announcement for Lone Star Community Radio and our listeners. We have partnered with another TV station. That's right. You will be seeing Lone Star Community Radio content on KVQT Channel 12 in the Houston area. Now is a great time to start a show or sponsor a show with Lone Star Community Radio. For more information on everything that is happening, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936 647 3776 and leave a message. And we want to also wish everyone a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's weekly business hour. This is Rick Schisler, your Silver Fox advisor and host of the weekly business hour. I want to thank you for taking time to join us live this morning. It's a beautiful day here in downtown Conroe in the county of Montgomery here in Texas. If you hadn't heard lately, the city of Conroe has been designated by the Census Bureau as the fastest growing city in America. And let me tell you, you can tell there's lots of excitement and we have a lot of great business people in this community. And today we're going to have one of them with us to talk about their his business ventures and the tremendous opportunities that he seized on right here in Montgomery County. Well, before I start the show today, I want to thank, personally thank our show sponsor, Allegri HR. Allegra HR and Lisa McElroy, who founded the company, are a great resource for you in business out there. Human resources, they always tell us, right? People are our most important asset, but you need to know how to properly manage them, take care of them, and Lord forbid, deal with the government issues that surround employing people today. You need some help, I assure you. I started multiple businesses in my career. I have a law degree. I understand what it is to deal with employees when things aren't going right. But more important, when things are going right and you want to incentivize, you want to motivate and get the most out of your people, I encourage you to contact Allegri HR. You can reach them on their website, Allegri, A-L-E-G-R-E-H-R.com, or you can contact Lisa Direct by phone at 281-620-0713. Great company. And I guarantee if you're growing your business and have one or more employees, you need some HR advice in order to achieve your results. Well, as I mentioned, we have a wonderful guest here in the studio today, a fellow entrepreneur, someone who is involved in a number of business ventures, got a great deal of experience to share with you, Gustavo Garza. He's the owner of ClearPath Property Solutions and a number of other companies, and we're going to hear about that today. And in the expert corner, I'm so pleased to say we have an individual I call Mr. Sales, a fellow Silver Fox, Mark Miller, is going to return and talk about selling as an owner of a business and give you some direct, simple ways that you as the owner who sell part-time can be more successful in what you do. I'll close out today's show with my Silver Fox tip of the week, how to better manage your company's debt. So I encourage you, sit back, grab your pad and pencil, and get ready to take notes as we talk about business right here on the Weekly Business Hour. And before I move on, I want to talk about a little bit about the Silver Fox Advisors. As those who listen to the show know, I'm a Silver Fox Advisor. That's an organization that's uh, right here in the greater Houston area. Men and women who have finished their main career track and still want to continue working, using their vast experiences and expertise to help people who are in business, who are starting businesses. And I encourage you, when you have a chance, check out the website, silverfox.org. 
But more importantly, one of the things they do, one of their signature programs is CEO roundtables. These are roundtables, business roundtables, made up of business owners who come together on a monthly basis for an hour or two, and they share business topics, business challenges in a confidential atmosphere. In the case of the Silver Foxes, there's no charge for this, but it is such a wonderful opportunity if you own a business to be part of a peer group, if you will, of men and women who are in business who have some of the same challenges, who share some of the same successes. I encourage you, even if you're not in the Houston area, find a business roundtable that you can join. And I believe, and I have experience, I did this in my career, and it made me much more successful. It made my business much more successful. So if you're in the greater Houston area, check out silverfox.org, go to the CEO roundtable page and learn about their CEO roundtables. But if you're listening from somewhere else in the world, there is bound to be a business roundtable in your neighborhood that can benefit you and your business. Also, during the show, if you want to contact me and you have a question about the show, a comment, or even a question about your own business, I like those questions, and I will respond to you. You can contact me by email right here at the station, rick, R-I-C-K, at IRLoneStar.com, or feel free to pick up a phone and call me at 832-699-2132. I look forward to hearing with you, hearing from you, excuse me. And again, remember, if you've got a business question, send it to me, no charge. I love to field those questions and share my experience and expertise with budding entrepreneurs and business founders. Well, you know, opportunities right in front of us. We just have to reach out sometimes. We got to take that step. So I encourage you, if you see it, it's there. If not, look for it and take that first step to advance your business. The weekly business hour is where Montgomery County and businesses really throughout the world come to talk about the latest in business ideas, news, and improve their business. And to hear from some of our local business leaders on how they have found success right here in Montgomery County. And this is the part of the show where we're going to hear from one of those successful business leaders. So I'm going to formally introduce my guest here in the studio, Gustavo Garza, who's the owner of ClearPath Property and Solutions. Gustavo, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Rick, for having me today. Well, I'm excited about having you because, as you know, and we discussed a little bit before the show, you and I initially met about a month or so ago at a networking event. And since then, I've learned so much about your businesses. And I say that plurally so people understand and your, the abilities and the opportunities you've seized to build what I think is an interesting business model. So I'd like to talk about that. And in order to do that, kind of give everyone who's listening in a background of or an explanation of what your business is. Absolutely. So uh, two years ago, I started ClearPath Property Solutions with the intent to flip houses here in Houston. And we started off doing that. We started lending money to flippers. We started uh, flipping some houses. And um, I kind of realized that it really wasn't where I found my passion. My passion was more on the business and finance side. But I did really enjoy the art of the deal, really finding people that had great ideas that just needed some help in order to get going and working with them to put a good plan together and then potentially helping them finance those opportunities. So Clear Path Property Solutions ended up being a parent company and we started investing in other companies. And the goal is, is to essentially have seven different companies in seven different in industries within the next 10 years. So basically what you're telling us that you are investing in companies uh, is far beyond the real estate industry. Are you still in the real estate business? So I still do real estate, just not here locally anymore. I ended up finding a, a great partner 
who's up in Des Moines, Iowa. And I never thought I would be flipping houses in Des Moines, Iowa, but uh, you never know where things take you in business and you just have to be open to the opportunity. And it has been one of the best decisions I've made is to actually move our real estate business into Iowa. So right now we're flipping seven houses. We've got three new construction uh, going on right now. We've picked up three more properties this, uh, this coming week. And so the uh, market up there is extremely hot. And uh, it's been it's been really interesting because all I thought about Iowa for the longest time was tornadoes, cornfields, and trailer parks. I didn't realize how strong of an economy that state had and and the opportunities that were available up there. You know, I've just got to ask you though, Iowa, right? It's a, it's a, it's another state, but the idea is it's a quite a bit of distance from here. Uh, one time in my career, I found myself in Indiana, but I found myself there because I knew someone, and they were potentially, and they did become a great partner. What took you to Iowa though? So. Uh, when I first got into real estate, one of the first people I lent money to was now my current partner in Iowa. And I had lent to him on four or five projects. And he said, you know what, I'm going to come to Houston. I've never met you because we had only talked by phone and by email. And I want to introduce myself because we have done so much business together. So we kind of had a little bit of a bromance, you know, uh, got along and really uh, hit it off. And he told me I should come up to Iowa. And after I went up there and looked at the market and talked to some people up there, just realized it was an opportunity. There wasn't a lot of competition, so we could really kind of corner the market and just kind of started putting more focus up there, and, and it went fantastic. You know, it's interesting to say that I was in a conversation a couple months ago. I was traveling. I was visiting with somebody up uh, in the, in fact, in the Philadelphia area, and they were looking at investing in buying homes, holding them, and renting them, a similar business in the same industry. But it was going to be in the Midwest as well because the market was hot. So people are actually moving outside, if you will, their comfort zone outside the box, their local area, and going to other states and places in order to make the best return on their money. Yeah, usually I gauge an opportunity with how crazy somebody tells me I am when I actually do it. Like, for example, with uh, investing in Iowa, it's like, so you met a guy on the internet, you lent him some money, you've done a few deals, and now you're going to put more money into a state that you've never lived in, you're really not sure about the market. It's like, well... You know, you have to ask the right questions and know know how to evaluate, um, you know, an opportunity. And that's what I saw. So even though a lot of people said, you're kind of crazy, it's turned out extremely well. It's, it's, it's one of the fastest growing businesses that I have right now. And I continue to put more time and effort into it. And, and we look to do, we look to have 2018 as a very profitable year. Well, you know, it's interesting to me that, uh, you know, and I, and I applaud you for doing that because again, sometimes we look so inward and we look in our own backyard uh, I would suspect knowing what I know about real estate, because that was the first place that I uh, set my hat or laid my hat when I started my career was in the real estate business. And my interpretation is Houston's kind of overdone in a lot of areas of real estate. But let me ask you, to go back to the beginning, you started flipping houses and now you've moved on, obviously way beyond that. What really motivated you to step up and start this business, to get in business for yourself? So... It's kind of the saying, uh, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And if you look at some of the people that have built very successful companies, not a lot of them just did it by themselves. Um, it took people to real, it takes people to realize what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are. And that was one of the biggest things that I had to uh, really kind of figure out because I, I'm very much of, of a person who wanted to have control over everything. I never thought I'd have my own business. Now I do, and now I rely on partners to really, you know, take over my weaknesses and and which are their strengths, and let me do what I'm good at, and it has led to a lot less stressful of life, 
um, more success and more opportunities that present themselves when you can really figure out and uh, what your strengths and weaknesses are, focus on your strengths, and then put people in place to help you on your weaknesses because those are where I see uh, partnerships and great partnerships really be born from. Well, let me ask you this. We're kind of winding down on this first segment. Boy, time is really flying in this discussion. and It's a really great discussion. If you had to do it again, what would you do differently? I don't think I would do anything differently. I think um, where I'm at right now, every experience, good and bad, everything that's happened has led to where I'm at right now. I don't think I would be where I'm at right now if I hadn't screwed up on some things. I hadn't been successful in some things. And I'm very grateful and and, and happy where I'm at. And I, I, I'm just really looking forward to the future. So I wouldn't change a thing as what's happened. Everything's been a great learning experience. Well, it sounds like you're very resilient too. Yeah, it, it definitely takes resilience because I can't tell you how many times I've curled up in a ball in the corner and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? What, you know, what am I, why did I leave my job? Why did I do this? Why did I do that? And all the stress hits you and you just kind of have to snap out of it. Just realize that this is what makes the difference between the people that make it and the don't are the people that just don't give up. They don't let, you know, setbacks, speed bumps deter you. They just keep pushing forward. Those are the people that really kind of get through. And it's really easy to tell who has and who hasn't because everybody runs into speed bumps. Everybody has those hiccups. And it's how you handle those that really make the difference on when you're an entrepreneur. Well, I agree with you 100%. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as I alluded to, we're already at the end of our first segment. I hope you'll stay with us. We're going to continue this discussion with Gustavo uh, when we come back. And we're going to talk about a particular business that he's invested in and promoting uh, in the area of medicine. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with you. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. This is Rick Schisler, your Silver Fox advisor and host of the Weekly Business Hour. And we're in a great conversation, I believe, here today with Gustavo Garza. He is the owner of ClearPath Property Solutions, which you got to get way past that because there are a lot of other companies behind that. And we've been having a discussion about that. Gustavo, to kind of kick off this segment, let's talk about investors because you have, obviously you raise money, you raise capital. You mentioned you're raising quite a bit of money right now for a new investment. How do you find investors for your investments, whether it be real estate or a business? I guess the the biggest thing for finding investors is being consistent in what you're what you're trying to do. Um, investors will literally come out of the woodwork if they know that you're serious, you're consistent, and you're not going anywhere. So. I've had people contact me that I haven't 
talked to personally in 10 years because I consistently am promoting what we're doing, the projects we have going on, what we're trying to accomplish, and the return that we're giving our investors. And then I will get a random email message through Facebook, phone call saying, hey, I've seen what you've been doing. I've been following you online. I'd like to become an investor. And it takes a while to get to that point because of the fact that, you know, if you show up once or twice or promote your company, nobody's, nobody really takes you seriously. You have to be consistent. And so, and that takes time. And one of the biggest things that I've heard that uh, why a lot of companies fail is, is they don't have the patience. And it's hard having the patience to, you know, not be so forceful, but to just continue to promote what you're doing and people will come because when you are showing uh, that you are providing a great return to other people, people with money will hate missing out. They will not like not making that return when somebody else did. When somebody else is making uh, what do you call it, a good amount of money on your investments, they're going to want to take part in it because they don't want to be left out. You know, investors and there, I've been around businesses. I've had investors in my businesses. Typically it's just a one-time upfront. We take on a group of people we don't add to, but you know, one of the things we hear a lot about today in, in a lot of different areas, but it's transparency, uh, all about politics or business or whatever. How really, how really important is being transparent to your investors or potential investors? It is critical. If you even come off as kind of sketchy or you're hiding something, investors will get skittish. Like, for example, on our company in Iowa that we do the real estate, it's called Bootshot Investments. You can go to www.bootshotinvestments.com. On there, you can see all of our current projects, all the projects that need funding. But not only that, we provide all the information to show you how much money we're going to make, where all our expenses are going, and as much documentation so that you can see that, hey, if I'm going to lend on this project, one, if they're making X amount, that's, that's their cushion. If we mess up, we have that amount to mess up in order for them to do it. So they know they're protected, but we want to be transparent in saying, hey, look, we're taking the risk. This is why we're making the money. If you, what do you call it? If you're going to do a debt deal on this and lend us money and be a bank, then we're going to provide you this return. And usually that return is in the double digits. Well, and again, I, I agree with you. I think, but I've always been of that mind. It wasn't that I'm politically correct today to be transparent. I just think you have to be it with partners each and every day. That way, nobody can really question any time what you're doing. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, let me ask you, you have this one investment. You and I were talking about it before we went on the air in the medical field. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so this, uh, we invested in a company, uh, Arx Precision, and they do a pharmacogenetic test. And in a nutshell, what it is, is it's a genetic test. You do a more, an oral mouthwash. And uh, we're able to tell you out of the top 306 drugs in the market, what your body will accept, what your body will reject, what your dosage needs to be, and then what your different interactions are going to be. Drug to drug, drug to food, drug to alcohol. And so it really... It really is coming at a great time because right now, more than ever, people are taking so many medications. Out of all the phar uh, pharmaceuticals that are manufactured in the world, the United States consumes 72% of all the drugs that are manufactured worldwide. And that is an enormous amount of pharmaceutical drugs. But how do you know if it's actually working for you? And this test actually gives you that precise report that lets you know what's working, what's not. So you don't have, it takes the guesswork out of it. So they're not practicing medicine. You can actually get the correct medicine. You know, now let me back up a little bit to make sure I understand. Basically, this company's providing a, a test. You mentioned a mouthwash. I assume that's the process, but it will tell you 
uh, you said 300 plus drugs, what will work and won't, what won't work based on your genetics? Is that a fair statement? Yes. Yeah, so the, uh, how we determine that is metabolism. If your body can metabolize the primary drug within a medicine, it will most likely work for you. And so what we take a look at is, can your body metabolize this drug? And if it can, are you hypersensitive to it or are you not hypersensitive to it? In that case, do we have to up the dosage? Do we have to down the dosage? If your body does not metabolize the drug, then your body will reject it. And that's where a lot of the side effects come from when you take medicines. A lot of people um, have the side effects and they just deal with it. They get to a point where like, okay, I can, I can deal with this. This is to a point where I can manage this. And that shouldn't how you, that's uh, not how you should go through life. You shouldn't have to just deal with something. Find out if it's working for you. And that's what we're, that's what we're providing. You know, one of the things you said that interests me in that is also the proper dosage. Because, you know, most of us that have taken medications understand there's, you know, there's a small, medium, large, or different levels of dosages. And to over uh, take a medicine, to take too large of a dosage, can have such a negative effect. I've learned that firsthand, but it was prescribed at that. So, you know, when they backed it down, it was fine, but it was trial and error. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of uh, two points to that. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people that are listening today have had the experience where, you know, they've got some joint pain or knee and they say, I'm going to take an Advil. And then one Advil is just not doing it. So they take two, they, they take, take three, they take four until the point where it's, it's working. Well, what if Advil is not the drug that's actually best suited for your body? What if it's a leave? You know, what if it's Tylenol? If you know that, then you can minimize the amount of drugs that you're putting in your body, but get the same effect. And the other thing, the other point to that is that um, there's something called ADR, which is adverse drug reaction. And uh, the last time I looked, over 100,000 people a year die because of ADR, which means that they went and got medicine from their doctor and they took it as it was prescribed, as it was intended, and something happened and they passed away from it. And what we're trying to really impact is that number. We want people to get precise medicine to avoid those situations. So you don't lose somebody because they took a drug that their body just absolutely rejected and they knew beforehand that that was not going to work. Well, what it sounds like you're part of that, uh, which I, I'm 100% on this bandwagon as well, of customizing medicines for the individual. This sounds like another step in that process. So we really can't, I mean, we're not going to really be changing the pharmaceutical industry and where they create all these different dosages, but it's more of just understanding what, how your body will react. If we, if we have a better idea of what our body will do when we put something inside of it, it's kind of like with food, right? The whole gluten-free and all this other stuff and how it affects people's health. If you can understand that prior, then it saves you all this heartache and suffering that you have to go through to figure it out. If you, know, if you take this test and the 306 medicines that we'll be able to tell you what works, what doesn't work, what dosage, what your interactions are going to be, you can save yourself a lot of pain, allergic reactions, hospital visits, because you know what's going to happen, and that ultimately will give you better care. Yeah, let's don't leave out. You'll get it. Obviously, you should get well faster. Oh, yeah. And that's so critical in today's world to stay on our feet and keep moving. Well, let me ask you, you, you made an investment in this company. How did you come across this company? I mean, what took you there to make an investment? So my partner in Iowa, uh, the guy who is the CEO of the company, Jake Feely, 
uh, he's good friends with Ryan. And how they became good friends was he did not hire Ryan when he was looking to hire some people. Ryan applied for a job and and he said, no, um, I'm not, I'm, I went with somebody else. And he kept getting frustrated, like, why aren't you hiring me? He goes, well, you, you have too much of an entrepreneurial spirit. I know if I hire you, you're going to leave within a short period of time because this is just not your personality. So they ended up becoming good friends. I was up in Iowa. He's like, hey, I want to introduce you to somebody. He's got a great business. I think you might want to invest in it. So we sat down, we had lunch. He showed us the business. I looked at my buddy, Ryan. I said, Ryan, do you know this guy? He's like, yeah. I go, you trust him? I go, yeah. Well, I'm in if you're in. And that's essentially how I made the decision because the medical side is not, not my expertise. And Ryan had, had a history with this guy longer than I had. I mean, I don't know, eight, 10 years. And, uh, and I trust Ryan because of the partnership that we have going on and the, everything in the medical uh, documents and everything made sense. And I had sent it off to some friends that said, yeah, this is the new technology. It's just going to be hard to implement. Not a lot of people know about it. And it's just going to get, it's going to take a while to get it accepted. But I love those challenges because if we're the first or not really the first, but the best to market, then you really have that advantage. And when you talk about like Houston being overrated for investment, it's still a great place to invest and flip houses. But it's kind of looking at a mutual fund that already has a five-star rating. It's already hit its peak and it might maintain it for a little while, but most likely it's going to go down. I'm looking for those that have that two, three-star rating that in two or three years is going to be a five-star. I'm trying to get ahead of the game instead of just playing, trying to play it at its peak. Let's talk a little bit about investment risk. Obviously, you, you and I appreciate you walking us through your decision process, but when you approach an investment, whether it be in real estate or a business like that, how do you mitigate, what's your formula, if you will, your process to mitigate that investment risk? I base it pretty much on the person as being the largest decision point of making an investment with them. Because there are so many great ideas out there. There's so much technology that is evolving. But what I have seen ultimately fail companies is the people that are leading them. So if I do not have faith that that person that's leading the company is going to be able to be successful and they're going to do whatever it takes to make it successful, they're going to, you know, put in the long hours, they're going to sacrifice everything because this is their, this is their why, this is what they want to do, then it really makes me more hesitant and then I don't look at the other stuff. So I really focus on the person first and the number second, because like I said, there's, there's a lot of great new technology out there and there's great opportunities for investment, but the people are really what determine whether there is going to be successful or not. Well, obviously that makes a lot of sense. And again, falls in line with what I basically believe. Well, we're down, believe it or not, to our last minute of this uh, part of our show. Tell us what you and your company, what, what's the future hold for you? Well, like I said, our goal is, seven companies, seven different industries within the next 10 years. Um, our goal is to create enough passive income through equity, equity stakes within companies that we, give, we, we have the opportunity to do what other people have done in us, invest in us, invest in our opportunities so that we could grow. I want to turn this around, and eventually my ultimate goal is to get into the high schools, teach a financial education, entrepreneurship class, really kind of give them the other side of the coin, not just prepare them for like just a job, but Hey, if you have a great idea, let me show you how to put a plan together. Let me show you how to present it. Let me show you how to, you know, get in front of investors. And then at the end of it, essentially fund one of the high schoolers projects in order to make it interesting and, and really kind of give them that experience. I think that in the future, so many jobs are going to get wiped away by automation. And so there's going to have to be a mind shift within young adults today 
that they're going to have to not just rely that there's going to be a job there when they graduate and really start thinking, how do I want to change the world? How do I want to impact my community locally? It doesn't have to be, you know, record breaking or it doesn't have to be cutting edge. Sometimes the smallest ideas make the largest impacts. And if you have that idea, there's, I don't think there's not enough, not enough people out there showing young people today how to grow that, cultivate it, and really, and really take off with it. And I really want to come back and focus on that. Well, Gustavo, I can't thank you enough for taking time to join us today. You've got wonderful ideas, tons of energy, and developing quite a record of success. If people are interested in touching base with you just to talk to you about whatever, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, you can call our office line, which is 832-930-3131, or you can always go online to our website, www.clearpathproperties.com. Go to the contact us and we'll get and we'll get in touch and we can go from there. Well, again, thank you, Gustavo. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our bottom of the hour break. And when we come back uh, in our expert corner, I'm pleased to announce that we have a Mark Miller, the person I call Mr. Sales, a fellow Silver Fox advisor. And we're going to talk about selling as an owner. So please stay with us and we'll be right back with you. It's me, C.C. Holmes, and I would personally like to take this time to invite you, that's right, you, to join me every Saturday and Sunday from 3 until 7 p.m., where I will bring you the very best, the very best of smooth jazz, classic jazz, and indeed, yes, the soulful sounds of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So come along and get jazzy with me, that's right, jazzy, <laughs> right here, of course, on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM, or worldwide at IRLongstar.com. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLongstar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and Internet Radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Attention, movie lovers. The Ticket Stub is a new radio show servicing Montgomery County that is meant for you. The Ticket Stub is available live every Thursday at noon on FM 104.5 and 106.1, as well as anytime on IRLoneStar.com. Connor and Dick will let you know what's coming out in the theater, what is worth streaming, and what's going on in the world of film. The Ticket Stub, your home for movie talk. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schisler, your Silver Fox advisor and host of the Weekly Business Hour. And before we get started uh, with this segment of the show, I want to remind you, Allegra HR, Lisa McElroy, is a sponsor of the show. And as I said at the top of the hour, if you have a need for HR, and I believe we all have a need if we have one or more employees, I encourage you to go to their website, Allegra, A-L-E-G-R-E-H-R.com, 
and look at some of the things that they can do for your business. Again, even if you only have a handful of employees, or you can reach out and contact Lisa McElroy direct, 281-620-0713. I guarantee you as a business advisor or mentor to a number of businesses in my life, HR is an important part of what you do when you build a successful business. Well, now moving along, uh, we have an expert corner here today, and I think that's wonderful and a great guest. Uh, Mark Miller, Mr. Sales, as I like to call him, has been on our program before. Uh, he does a great job. He understands selling from beginning to end, upside, downside, any way you can take it. Mark, welcome back to the show. Well, Rick, thanks. Thanks for having me again. Well, I appreciate it. You're the consummate salesman, in my opinion, sales manager, teacher of sales, guru of sales, whatever you want to call it, and the advice that you offer. And I've been around uh, that advice for a number of years, and I've watched it work miracles with people. Today, you want to talk about prospecting, I understand. Yeah, you know, uh, there's not no better way to get business than to go look for it. You know, <laughs> I think it's an important part of every salesperson, every business owner's activity. You got to set aside some time for prospecting. You know, we're kind of knee deep in opportunity right now, so I thought maybe we'd talk about it a little bit. Well, I think it's important, and one of the things, in fact, if uh, early in the show I mentioned, you know, as business owners particularly, and you know, I have a soft spot for that because that's what I do for a living is try to help people be more successful in their businesses for themselves and their families. But if I'm a business owner, a lot of times, as you well know, I'm not particularly a salesperson. I was the one who had a good idea or have a process. I'm a tradesman, whatever. And But the reality is when I start a business, I have become a salesperson uh, up to the point, at least until I hire my first salesperson. And typically, I never stop being a salesperson. So this is good information for people, particularly if you're what I call a part-time salesperson. Prospecting. I mean, when is the best time to contact a new prospect? All the time, right? Well, that's exactly right. You know, I, the question I get is, well, what time do I go? When do I call? I said, well, just go, just call. You know, I'm, I'm mentoring a, a group of young folks, and, you know, we've been experimenting with times, and they all say, oh, the morning seems good. And the other half of the group says, man, I'm really having luck in the afternoon. So it, the fact is that they're doing it, right? So it, it, just pick a time. Don't let the which time is better or not stand in your way. Uh, this time of year, Rick, you know, we also we can't forget about all the holiday parties we're attending or activities around, you know, we, we talked about a 30 second commercial sometimes. So you got to have a 30 second commercial for almost every place you are. And, you know, if you're at a holiday party, Hey, I just want to let you know what I'm doing now, or, Hey, this is what's going on in my business. How's your life? You know, and, and see if the conversation develops and have the three pain points that you're ready to talk about at your fingertips. It's, it's, uh, what does Zig, Zig Ziglar say? Always be selling. Well, you know, people have a bad view of selling to begin with, right? And, you know, nobody with an idea really wants to sell. They think people ought to buy their idea because it's good. But, you know, the old gospel says you can't be a beacon if your light don't shine. So, you know, you gotta you gotta get it out there and let people know what you're doing. Well, you know, and you make an excellent point, and 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 I really like the idea you've latched on seasonally to a lot of more opportunities to be in front of people. Though I guess you could say with holiday parties and events and things, and you know, one of the things that we as entrepreneurs or business folks that start businesses typically we have a lot of passion about our business, and we've got a story which probably needs a little organizing, but. Isn't that a good place to start when you start talking to somebody is tell your business story in a concise manner? 
people love stories, Rick. I mean, I you know, I'm I'm hooked on old time radio right now because you know you don't have to see the violence and everything, but you can hear the story, and people love to hear whatever your story is. You just have to make it not about you, but somehow include the person that you're speaking to into the story. Hey, this may not be you, but let me tell how we help these folks with fill in the blank, their plumbing problem, their 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 electrical motor problem, their lighting problem, whatever it is. And you know, people love the stories. And if you can if you can engage them in a short story, you know, thirty seconds, a minute, you know, not the not the rest of the party, just a short story. And get them talking about their problems and what they've had. You got them. You know, there's a prospect that you just found. Well, and I think the key thing that I would like people to hear is what you just said, if they missed it, you have to engage them. In other words, it becomes a two-way story, so to speak. I don't know if that's a good word, but a two-way story where people, you know you've got them when they start talking back to you about it and asking questions, right? Exactly right. And you you can't just say, you know, hey, I'm an electrician because, you know, people are like, oh, that's nice to see you. Right. You know, you've got to tell them, hey, you know, let me tell you about this this house I was in. And, you know, every time they turned the toaster on, the lights dimmed and, you know, people thought the house was haunted and you know, whatever. And just go through that kind of story. You know, that's and, a, that's and, a good one right there. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, the haunted house there, story. There, every, every business has a story, something like that, yeah. you know. If I, if I was at a party and I really didn't want to talk to someone, I said, well, you know, I train salespeople. And, you know, they, they'd hustle away as fast as they could. I might as well have said, well, you know, I raise bats or something. You know, it, it, that was a good way to get rid of them. <laughs> don't, well, don't do that to yourself. Have a story. Well, and one of the things you bring out in, in the past, because I've taken some of your training uh, earlier in my career and been around it, but you talk about the emotions. we got to speak to people's emotions. Uh, when we're engaged in this, let's talk about that a little bit. Sure, and you know, you know, we we use an acronym, and I, you know, it's you know, frustrated, upset, disappointed, worried, anxious, concerned, angry, whatever those emotion-evoking words are. So you know, this person was frustrated because you know the lights kept dimming, or this person was angry because nothing seemed to work well around their house, and. You know, people say, well, yeah, I'm mad about that, too. You know, my garage door breaks. This happens. Tell me more about that. You know, how do I get on angry? So the the emotion of the story is or the emotion discovering words of the story or what's the important part. So you're exactly right. If you can't get to some emotion and particularly the person you're talking to's emotion, not yours, you know, everybody knows you're happy because you're a business, business owner and you're excited because your product or service is the best. But that's about you. You got to get yourself out of the middle and put whoever you're talking to in the middle and find out what's going on in their world. And you know, a little proviso to that that I, I find people, and I've even stumped myself. Sometimes you're going to approach somebody and you're going to do it all right. You're going to have a little story. You're going to appeal to those emotions. And you're going to find somebody that's really happy, perhaps even excited. And I've I've had that happen to me about their current vendor, current supplier. It's- and, and you need to be able to prepare. To, that's kind of like being told no when you ask someone out on a date or something. you gotta be able, <laughs> you got to be able to to take it and move on and don't be surprised. But that does happen, which means somebody out there, a competitor, is doing a good job. And, you know, if you want to, you know, you could say something. Man, I'm really, I'm really glad you're satisfied. You know, good for you. Hey, just curious. You know, nobody's perfect. If you could change one thing about this person, you know, what would it be? And see what they say. They say, oh, nothing. You know, he's my brother-in-law. Well, you're done. You <laughs> yeah, know, that's but right. <laughs> at least you've asked the one more question. You 
That's so uh, it's a it's a good comeback. Yeah, that's a wonderful question. I'm going to remember that one. Well, one of the <laughs> things that that I appreciate appreciate about what you do and other professional salespeople that can really help us, those of us who are not day in and day out just selling, is some of the statistics. In other words, some of the things that we should recognize as benchmarks so we don't get frustrated. We don't know what we're working towards uh, as a goal. Talk to us a little bit about what we should expect, if you will, with our prospecting plan. Yeah, you know, one of the, that's a great question because, you know, it's one I get all the time. And, and business owners say, man, we need to find new customers. You know, we've got to go find new customers. And, yeah, you do. But just be prepared that, you know, finding a new customer, you know, from a from a list or from, you know, wherever you're going to go look for them, that the, the statistics are something like 05 to 2% of all the people who don't know you that you just track down some way, phone call, email, drop in, whatever. It's about 05 to 2% of those that who will ever do business with you, which means you've got to find 200 of them to have a statistically significant event. You know, 0.5 times 200 is one. So uh, that's a lot of work. And fine, please do that. But also, don't forget about your existing customers or people you know or people in ancillary businesses. You know, maybe if you're the electrician since we started with, with him or her, you know, maybe you know the sheetrock guy or maybe you know the floor guy or, or maybe you know the inspector or who knows – you did good work at, at, at one person's house. The referral from those people, if you can get them to say, you know, hey, look, I'm going to have my electrician call you tomorrow at 10. His name is Mark. You know, I think you ought to talk to him. Those kinds of referrals, that jumps the the percentage up to something like 25 to 50%. Because then instead of you telling your story, your client, friend, whoever is telling the story. So it's not you. It's not the quote unquote person selling who, as we all know, all salespeople lie all the time, right? Ha ha. But <laughs> when the prospect says it, it's gospel, you know, or an existing client says it. So that, that gets you right around. And if they will take 10 or 15 minutes and have a cup, cup of coffee or, you know, whatever it is, golf, cookie, piece of pie, you know, where the three of you can be together and they're telling this other person in person how great you are. You know, that takes it on up to something like 50 to 75 percent. So, well, I, and then I, there's all your existing clients. You know, right. if they had the lights fixed, you know, maybe they need something else fixed. So, what I tell people if you want to start as the smartest, quickest way is to start with your existing clients and see what else you can sell service contract, parts, uh, another whatever, you know, and, and go from there. Well, you know, I'm always amazed uh, when I work with businesses to find out that they're not doing that that last one you mentioned because making sure, because as, as you've taught me in the past, you know, y- your client is your competitor is your competitor's best prospect. And at the very least, we've got to realize that just because somebody's doing business and they seem happy, who knows what's going on, you know, behind the curtain or when you're not in their office. The idea, I think, really is we it's, it's a lot easier, at least from from my perspective personally, to work on relationships to, than going out and doing a lot of cold calling. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. uh, yes. it, it just makes Absolutely. sense. I mean, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it just makes a lot of sense to me. Oh, and if we could get one thing, you know, if you could put a little banner at the bottom is don't forget your client is someone else's best prospect. Please take care of them. You know, <laughs> if they don't get anything else out of this 15 or 20 minutes, whatever it is, maybe that's it. You know, that's a good takeaway for the day. Well, let me ask you, we've got about 30 seconds left. And yep. if you could give a single piece of advice today to a listener, 
uh, particularly someone who's a business owner who is a part-time salesperson? What would be that advice? The, the advice is that people love their business. Nobody's going to love your business as much as you love it. You know, I don't care who it is because it's yours. You started your idea, your livelihood. You got to remember that no one else knows that. It's kind of like your child. Your your kid is your favorite. You love them. They they they're you know nobody's a better kid at whatever. But you know nobody knows that. So you've got to get that emotion out of the people and and demonstrate to them how your wonderful business can make them feel better. So that's what I would say. So it's all about feeling good, right? More than you do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mark, you've made me feel good today. I appreciate it because you've given, I believe, a lot of straightforward, simple advice that I hope our listeners will partake on. If people would like to reach out and talk to you about what they've heard today or talk about their sales program or what they're doing, what's the best way for them to contact you? Well, they can they can uh, contact me at mark at strategiesforsuccessinc.com or they can give me a call myself, 713-256-9099. So either way. Well, Mark, again, I appreciate you sharing your wonderful experience and expertise. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of our third segment. And we're going to come back in a moment. And I'm going to deliver, I hope, uh, some continuation of that good advice uh, in my Silver Fox Tip of the Week, how to better manage your company's debt. So please stay with us and we'll be right back with you. Attention movie lovers. The Ticket Stub is a new radio show servicing Montgomery County that is meant for you. The Ticket Stub is available live every Thursday at noon on FM 104.5 and 106.1, as well as anytime on IronLoneStar.com. Connor and Dick will let you know what's coming out in the theater, what is worth streaming, and what's going on in the world of film. The Ticket Stub, your home for movie talk. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonestar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and Internet Radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Montgomery County, it's me, C.C. Holmes. And I would personally like to take this time to invite you, that's right, you, to join me every Saturday and Sunday from 3 until 7 p.m. where I will bring you the very best, the very best of smooth jazz, classic jazz, and indeed, yes, the soulful sounds of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So come along and get jazzy with me. That's right, jazzy. <laughs> right here, of course, on Conroe's 104.5 and 106. 6.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongstar.com. This is Rick Schistler, your Silver Fox advisor and host of the Weekly Business Hour. And I appreciate you listening to the program today. We're in our fourth and final segment. That's where I hopefully provide advice and information to you through what I call my Silver Fox Advisor Tip of the Week. But before we get there, Somebody reminded me when we were off the air that I haven't asked you today to like our Facebook page. We have a Facebook page, the Weekly Business Hour. I would encourage you to go there, like the page, 
and set up an alert so that each week when we post our show, that's primarily what we do on that page is post our shows. You'll receive alert. You can click on the page and you can look at it, see who our guests were, see what our topics were. You see something of interest, then you can click on and listen to the show. And don't forget, we're also on YouTube. We have our own channel there, the Weekly Business Hour. You can go directly to YouTube if you'd like. You also can set up an alert as well. So I appreciate it if you'd take a look. If you didn't hear all of the show today and you want to go back and pick it up, or if you heard something you'd like to listen to it again, feel free to do it. But like us on Facebook, check in on YouTube for the Weekly Business Hour. Well, my Silver Fox tip of the week, how to better manage your company's debt. Reality is that most, if not all businesses, at some point in their history have debt. They take on debt. A lot of companies do it in the startup phase when it's really a difficult time to have debt because you typically can't reach out to conventional sources because you have no track record. You really don't have any assets. You don't have any customers in reality on the first day in most cases. So you've got to work with other types of debt. But what I'd like to address today is just debt in general and how you as an owner or manager of a business can do a few little things that make you a smarter manager of the debt when and if you ever have debt in your business. And again, I believe most, if not all businesses, take on debt at some point, whether it's to expand or to uh, buy another business. There's a lot of reasons that debt can work for a company. But again, it's another issue, another item that's got to be managed. And I have found so many businesses just don't look at it that way. It is something that if you'll take a little bit of time and manage it, it can save your company a lot of money. And the debt is a better producer, if you will, a more positive uh, impact on your business than it can be if you don't manage it. And let's talk about some of those things. One of the things, obviously, when you take on debt, there's some period of negotiation. Now, if you take on credit card debt, obviously, there's not a negotiation. You have the card, you charge it to the card. But I'm talking about when you go out and borrow from someone else. It could be like Gustav told us earlier today, you have investors and you negotiate with them or you go to a bank or some other conventional source. There's a negotiation takes place. Obviously, in the beginning of any situation, that's time that you really have an opportunity to do the best at setting the stage for what's going to come after it. So when you're upfront negotiating your debt, say with a banker, take a checklist with you. Think about the things that can be negotiated. Well, obviously, the interest rate. The payback, the amortization, these are things that can be negotiated. And, and one of the things I don't think people do enough of is when you approach a banker or someone that you're going to borrow money from or going to make an investment, tell them, hey, we're in the process of looking at seeing who wants that we want to select to provide some debt, to provide some money for our company so we can buy equipment, whatever it is. And just say, is this a good time for us to talk to you? You know, that's one of the things that I feel a lot of people miss. They don't go look for the debt until it's really too late. They're under pressure. They've had a setback in their company. It hadn't been a good year. Or there's been a catastrophic loss that they didn't properly insure for. You don't want to ever go borrow money when you're in a hurry and got to have it now. But by negotiating the rate, the amortization and whatnot, the payment terms, then you free up your cash flow. And, you know, cash is king. That is so true in day-to-day operation of a business. So make sure you do negotiate maximum flexibility in your loan that you make so that you are not bogged down and can't make that payment. One of the other things, and this is sort of a legal thing, but it's not, (coughs) excuse me, 
you need to negotiate some of the gotchas. Like, try to get in your loan that you don't have any prepayment penalties. You know, because markets, particularly today, change so fast, you may want to go somewhere else or you may want to renegotiate a rate because rates have dropped quite a bit. And if you don't have that in there, and that is not an uncommon thing to have, is to not have prepayment penalties, or if there is a penalty, have it stated clearly what it is so you can prepare for it. One of the other things I think is a long-term issue, and that is you need to work to remove personal guarantees. Now, I realize when you make that first, second loan, equipment loan, business loan, whatever it might be, they're going to want you to sign off. Well, the first thing you try to do is try to get your spouse off the loan where they don't have to guarantee. In the beginning, they may have to, but I believe it's a very worthy long-term goal to develop, pay back your loans as you develop your business, and slowly but surely work your loans to a point where you don't have to personally guarantee them. I think that's a very worthy goal long-term. It's a downside protection, yes. It may not sound important, but it can be if and when. The other thing to remember a couple of things is bankers don't like surprises. So when you borrow money from a banker or any other kind of lender, don't surprise them with bad results. Keep them informed. Be honest. Give them good information right up front on what you're doing. And last but not least, and I picked this up somewhere else, so this is not an original idea, is that get your banker or lender's phone number. You know, these people change jobs, and you build a personal relationship up with them, and then all of a sudden they're gone. But the reality is you've got a good relationship so you may want to follow them. It's not an unusual thing for a good banker or lender to take their clients with them. So be sure you get their cell phone number so if they, in fact, move or your deal is not working out after they left, you can pick up the phone and you got a place to start. Well, that's it today for the Silver Fox Tip of the Week. And again, be smart about debt. It can help your company grow in a very positive way. Well, I encourage you to put a note on your calendar to join us again next Monday right here on IRLoneStar.com, 11 o'clock. Put it down. And remember, you too can sponsor the Weekly Business Hour. Just contact me, Rick, at IRLoneStar.com for details. I encourage you again to look for the podcast of today's show on the Weekly Business Hour page at IRLoneStar.com website, at Facebook, YouTube, and a multitude of of social media sites, iTunes, Google Play, all these sites will have the podcast in the next day or two available. Until next week, I really encourage you, as I try to do every week, stay engaged and keep a focus on what counts in your business. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respective video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936 936- 647-3776. This show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas at the Lone Star Community Radio Studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights to this recording and images.